Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hour number two of Fantasy Sports today. Plenty to get to in this hour, including a preview of the baseball games tonight. Also, we'll go over some players who are under 60% owned that should be owned for the rest of the season. We'll also rank some NFL teams based on the bottom feeders in the NFL. Fantasy Sports today, hour number two starts now. Fantasy Sports today. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show at Craig Mish on Twitter at Joe Pizzapia 17. Sean Guastamaki is producing the show. Catch him this afternoon, 4 o'clock Eastern at the betting window over on Zumo TV and Sports Grid. And of course, you can catch Joe this weekend with Mike Blewett once again. Another hot spot over in New Jersey at the Meadowlands at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Make sure you catch him there. Now, uh, the good news is, Joe, is that for those of you who have been listening, the one league that has outshined our discussions the most is this 16-team league guillotine league that I participated in at the beginning of the season with a lot of people that you may have heard of, actually. Uh, Brad Ziegler, who was in this league, was in the league. Oh, burn. Uh, uh, catcher for the Miami Marlins, Brian Holiday, who was in this league. Nando DeFino was in this league. And so, um, you know, uh, Jeremy Hellickson still involved in this league who texts me nonstop about trades, but that's a story for another day. Some other, you know, <laughs> oh, basic- he's that guy. Hellickson's that oh, dude. Oh, my gosh. Hellickson, he's a nonstop trade. I didn't know you could trade in the guillotine league. No, a different league. I'm in with oh, you. I was going to say. Okay. Yeah, but, but you know what? He was right. He said my team sucked at the beginning of the year. He was right. That team is terrible. Okay. So uh, the guillotine league, well, we started with 16, Joe. We're down to 10. So it's now a 10 team league. And uh, and here is the team that I'm rolling with right now. <laughs> it's been ugly as you know what, but I just keep on going. I don't know how it happens. I'm a survivor. It really is. All right. So my quarterback, Superflex League. So, you know, keep keep in mind. These are the guys. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater. Still mm. solid. Still solid. Teddy B. And Kyle Allen, who is off this week. OK, so yes. let's keep let's keep that in mind. Running backs wise, your favorite Todd Gurley. Done. Uh, Carlos Hyde. Royce Freeman, Daryl Henderson. Oh, you have Henderson. Okay. And and Devin Singletary, who's just got to go this week. I don't know why I still have this guy. Like, I am holding out the ultimate hope. You have him because he's got 10 carries and like 100 yards. (laughs) Seven weeks in, I still have him. I know, but that's why you're holding him because you see the runs he has. I think I got to be done with him this week. Okay. Receivers. he doesn't play, yeah, you're done. Oh, no, I think he'll play this week, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, okay. Uh, Receivers, I'm as strong as anybody in the league. I have Michael Thomas. I have DeAndre Hopkins. I have Tyler Boyd. And then I've been going back and forth with Josh Gordon and Valdez Scantling, who I'm willing to cut now at this point. Yes. I'm done. After yes. after yesterday, that's it. And my tight end is Witten. He's five catches. He's 50 yards. And he makes me happy. That's right. Um, 
Okay, so we we can talk tight end upgrades here, but I don't think that that's the focus for now. Let me give you the players, Joe, who are uh, were chopped off the block this past week. Now, let's be clear. Uh, Godwin is the top guy. He's going to go for hundreds of dollars, Joe. I have no shot, so let's just move on. I only have like 12 bucks left. It's shocking that he's on there, that that team couldn't survive. Well, you but, see, I, I listed the names. But the rest of them, you know happened. why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know why. Right. Uh, Cooper Cup, his worst week of the season. Uh, I will never get him. No shot. Alvin Kamara had his worst week of the season. No shot. This guy also had Josh Jacobs, who I would love to get. He was on a bye week, so he couldn't he didn't play. I don't think I have a shot there. With ten, I would go all in on him though. If I, I know, but I don't think I have a chance. I don't uh, care. You go all in anyway. I'm going to try. Him, of off course, chance. I'm going to try. I'm going to just go all in on Josh Jacobs. I, I'm okay. going to try Joe with my eight bucks. Juju is is out there. I don't think I have a shot with him at all. Uh, and and Juju, of course, had his worst week of the year. So you can see how why this guy got kicked out. And oh yeah, then, look, and look we keep going. Juju. Jared Goff, his worst week of the year. Oh, well, you knew it was the Jared Goff team. We said, well, I guessed that yesterday when you yeah, asked. You like, who yeah. who do you think it was? And said, oh, it's Come Goff. on, it was obvious. <laughs> uh, Daniel Jones is going to be out there too, so someone will grab him because it's a super flex league. Uh, Jordan Howard is available. He's a possibility for me to add. Frank Gore, I'm stupid, man. Frank Gore was cut two weeks ago, and I should have picked him up. I didn't think oh, about it. Oh, why? What are you doing? Yeah, I don't you could have had him for nothing. I know. Now I don't know if I can get him because he's back this week. Uh, Daniel Plus, you Felt. had Singletary. That was the smartest move because yeah, no, we I had. Yeah, I don't you know why. Lock yeah. it down. All right. Yeah, you're dumb. Uh, but made a mistake, but so did every other, so did every other team, Joe. Uh, Daniel Fells at tight end. Um, Drew Brees Man. is still available, and then uh, look, I, I when know you what say you're still say. available. You mean he was available last week, and you could have picked him up off the waiver yeah. wire, and you didn't? No. Why? Nobody else. They did. got a buy coming up. That's the point: is you can't play guys on a buy in this league. I know you can't play them, but you can have them on your roster. I, I need to win this week, man. Like I, I, My team is not in a position that scores 150 points every week. I cannot be worrying about five weeks from now. Five? You two, it's two weeks from now. Maybe. He's, he's got maybe. a bye coming up after. I need they to play this week, then there's a bye, and, and then, then he'll Chase be back. Daniel is still out there because I cut him the, the previous week. So. Well, it looks like Trubisky's trending in the right direction to play this week. So Okay, so let's start, so let's start off here. Um, there's a chance that this is going to be my team going into the week, the team that, that I've just illustrated, mm-hmm. which means I'm starting Flacco on Thursday night, which, by the way, doesn't seem like a terrible option, and Teddy Bridgewater on Thursday. Uh, running backs. Bridgewater I mean, against the Bears, too. is not the greatest scenario. but No, it's terrible, but Flacco's got a good matchup. Uh, running backs, I'll start Hyde for sure, and then I got to pick between Freeman, Henderson, and, and that's it. And my receivers, I'm set. I know in Witten, I'll probably end up starting a tight end. So I'm guessing that the strategy that's most likely to succeed, Joe, is going all in on Jacobs with my little money left and then putting everything else that I have on Gore. And then if that doesn't work, going for Howard, right? Because you would would you still start Howard over Freeman and Henderson? That is the question. Well, the, the tricky thing is if Gurley should be able to play, they've got the Falcons this week. So between Henderson and Gurley, one of them should no, be playing. So Todd Gurley's not playing. You know that. Okay, well, if he's not, then... They got the Falcons. <laughs> so and and the other guy in this this equation that you brought That's up too Maybe is is Daniel Jones because Daniel Jones Ooh. is at home against the Cardinals. Ooh. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I know, but good. he went up to New England and it was fifty mile an hour winds or whatever it was, and it was terrible. He hasn't good in a while, man. He hasn't, but, but the Patriots make everybody look bad. So don't overreact to that. The Cardinals make everybody look good, and so do the Falcons. And this is what I'm just trying to say. Like, yeah. let's let's play the matchups. Let's take more of a I feel like guillotine, you almost got to take more of a DFS kind of approach to this. Of course it is. It's a week-to-week thing. A little bit more matchup oriented, a little less like run my best guys out there no matter what. Uh, So to me, I think that's where you're looking at. I think I would throw, 
look, I would try to pick up Drew Brees anyway just to have him and stash him because, like you said, you want to cut MVS. What's the point, right? Yeah, I mean, look, that's that's fine. I can do that, but I, I do need to focus on this week. We okay? need this league. We need this segment for at could, least another every week six it weeks. could be the end. So you would start Daniel Jones over Bridgewater? I would. Against the Bears, yeah. On the road, yeah. If this game was not in Chicago, I might feel differently about it. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay, so think, would you would you cut Teddy Bridgewater for Daniel Jones? Cut. Yes. Outright. Because I would play Daniel Jones over him against the Cardinals, especially in back. New York. And then yeah. Breeze comes back, and that's mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah, because you have the bye week then after that. I have to would look at see play who golf? the Giants Would you play golf over Bridgewater? No, against the Falcons? I'll play you against the Falcons over Bridgewater. I mean, I'll, I'll be right, anybody so against I'm not the Falcons. getting golf. I'm not getting golf. Someone's going to get him. Someone's well, you know what? Here's, here's the one caveat I will say. You're probably not getting golf, but make an attempt because after last week, I'm sure there's a lot of people who just went, oh, gross. I don't even care. Also, look at the teams that are remaining. How good are they at quarterback? And that's what you got to look at. Like, well, where are here, people spending? That's a where fair point, Joe, because you know what's, what could happen. That's why I have to be careful tonight because now that we're down to 10 teams, you can only start two quarterbacks. So only 20 to 22 quarterbacks are going to be owned. There's going to be someone cutting a quarterback tonight, you know? Right. And, so, and that's, that's the whole point. So you can only have two on your roster. Oh, you can have as many as you it? want. No, you can have as many as you want. But I've noticed and I've looked that almost everyone just has two and there's only a couple of people with three. So in all yeah, likelihood, see, someone's going to get cut to pick up golf. So who is that guy? Like, and, and maybe that's a guy that's a better matchup for me than Bridgewater. All I know is that you're getting into that weird supply and demand area with quarterback where it's starting to work in your favor. Of Take course. advantage of it and stream yeah. it and, and get rid of Bridgewater because the end is nigh for him. And get Breeze. He has get, been fantastic, uh, though. I'm very Jones. happy with his results. Fantastic. And he had one fantastic game. Yeah, super flex okay. league. He did exactly what I needed him to do. He did what you needed him to do. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Kyle Allen, I'm not cutting. I can't. There's no way. I mean, that guy's. I mean, Newton may come back, but I'm, I'm keeping Kyle Allen for now. And I'm not going to pick up Chase Daniels. I don't Any other wide receivers besides the big ones? I'm just curious if there's something no, else out there. No, not really. Okay. No, nothing. Nothing. Uh, nothing fan. No tight end. You need. We need this league. We need this segment. We may, need. Listen, to we may going. get it. We may. It may continue. We'll see. Uh, we'll put. We'll put in the bids tonight. We'll tell you how we did tomorrow. We'll be back with more FST after this. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. Hey, welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzabia with you here on the show. For those of you who are playing in non-guillotine leagues, this is probably more of a conversation for you guys because you're trying to figure out who you may need to pick up this week. And certainly, uh, you know, the Carolina Panthers are on a bye, okay? So you, you, someone is going to be needing to play for the Christian McCaffrey owner, that is for sure. And, of course, in these type of scenarios, you're always looking for the next best thing. And surprisingly, there are some players who are less than 60% owned in fantasy leagues, which is about the halfway point that you could potentially pick up for the remainder of the season. So, uh, Joe, who are some of those players that you think that fall under that category that you may be targeting? 
maybe not even to start this week, but you just want to have on your roster. Yeah, and these are players that are not available in every league or in all of your leagues, but they might be available in some. And I think that considering where we are in the season, the war of attrition that is the NFL, I think it would be very wise to at least start adding some of these guys for depth. And I think they all have possibilities to contribute, and some of them have more upside than others. But the first one is Jamal Williams. And this was this was on the sheet yesterday before last night's game. And last night's game basically just reiterated that to me because he missed the game on the, the 26th. Obviously, he's missed a couple weeks there with the concussion. And uh, before that, he was guy, a guy getting basically a, a dozen carries and getting some work in the passing game. And guess what? Last night, he had 14 carries. He had 104 yards. He had uh, five targets. He caught four of them for 32 and a touchdown. And he would have had a second touchdown had he not stopped there to run the clock out at the end of the game, which was very uh, pissed a lot of people off in Vegas because of the total, <laughs> because he yep. was a wide open and he just sat down at the goal line and they kicked the field goal. And that you was know the, what? the game. You know what? Yeah. I want to, I want to get to that real quick before yeah, we sure. move on from this. This I want, I want to think you to think about betting for a minute. Okay. Okay. Now think about you betting the, the game, the, the picks that we gave last night, we both like the under you took, Green Bay. Okay, so you lost that one, but you did get the under. Uh, it just came under. But think about this for a second. For anybody who's I betting scored, they would have gotten everything. But go ahead. <laughs> but they didn't, and and that's the point I'm trying to right. make here. Uh-huh. Think about this: with all of the money that people bet on sports and betting on that Monday Night Football game, with three minutes to go in the game, one play in that game separated everything: the total and the side. Over or under with three minutes to go, you had no idea. uh, Packers or Lions with three minutes to go, you had no idea. That's why when you're betting on sports and you're getting to that point in the game, you have to understand that it's a 50-50 proposition. And anybody who's planting their flag and jumping up and down and saying, I told you on any of the sides or total in that game last night, the game could have easily gone over and we would have lost on one play. The game right. could have yeah. easily gone under, which it did. But but again, I mean, that looked like the right side. It was a lower scoring game throughout the game. And that that appeared to be the thing that looked most in division tight games, which we're used to. These teams of familiarity tend to uh, play. But again, tight. again, one guy gets loose, scores a touchdown. We lose. You're and, right. And, and right. And, the, and, all, and the Packers more, score a touchdown. Packers cover. Right. And this is more to the point, too, when you go and when we talked about this game yesterday and the original number was four or four and a half, which is why I love that number. It, it, because I thought Detroit was such a team that was going to play them tough that, oh, my God, you're going to give me basically more than a field goal in, in that little margin of error. That's a huge margin to take the Detroit. And once that number came down to it went from four and a half to three, right? Was it three last night Yeah, that we were talking about you know, on yesterday's show? So that, yeah. that's a that's a huge difference. It feels like nothing. But like the one, the one and a half point difference, that is a huge swing it in is, a game but, like but, this. But and, the point I'm trying to make it. is that it just shows you that how close these games are. Like if you yeah. took the Packers last night and you took them minus three, you shouldn't really feel bad. And if you took the over, you also shouldn't feel bad because it was that close. And when you're betting and the games come down to that, you just know that there was really no right side yesterday. Yes, Detroit outplayed them. Yes, Detroit deserved to get the cover. Sure. But they easily could have not. I mean, Green Bay could have easily <laughs> scored a touchdown on the 15 yard line at the end of that game. And you would have lost that one, too. So. I just yeah, wanted crazy. to make that point that that's that game point. in particular illustrates uh, where there's a no win situation and it is literally a flip of the coin because you, yeah. you could you could have watched 80 minutes of that game and still not understood 
who was going to cover in that game, where the total was going to go in that game. Okay. 100% uh, right. Nailed it. Now, uh, now go, yeah, going back to Jamal Williams. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> going back to with, Jamal Williams. No, with him I mean, in the mix, it, it hurts Aaron Jones, and he certainly looks like, I mean, it looked like Aaron Rodgers, like didn't want Jones in the game or something. Well, here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones uh, dropped an Aaron Rodgers pass, too, that was a touchdown. That was right. a lock touchdown, yeah. and that that's not going to endear yourself. Aaron Rodgers gets a little too snippy with his guys, and he better watch it because that's all he's got left. There's no Devontae Adams out there right now. There's no more Jordy Nelson of old. Like all the the weapons are going away. He better start to, I don't want to say like treat them better, but you got to start building these guys up a little bit because it seems like, I mean, MVS had a, a open spot there and he fell down. He slipped in the route and you could tell afterwards Aaron Rodgers disdain for that. And all this disdain is, is <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I don't think it's good for the morale of the team, but Jamal Williams is a guy that he seems very comfortable with. And it's a guy who I think all purpose yardage wise will be useful. He has touchdown upside. He has a role in the offense. And especially as long as Devonte Adams is, you know, not even a hundred percent, just forget if he makes it back on the field in a couple weeks, how healthy is he going to be? I don't know. All I know is Jamal Williams is worth adding. And the fact that he's only 59% owned is kind of shocking. The next guy on this list is Sam Darnold at 58. And this goes to, I don't want to overreact to what I saw, but clearly uh, he was a guy that came right back, was ready to go. He made Crowder useful again. He made use of Robbie Anderson. It certainly looks good for Le'Veon Bell's future as we get to the schedule, but it's all about that schedule. The same reason why I've been telling you for weeks to get on Le'Veon Bell is the same reason with Sam Darnold because two games against the Dolphins, you got the Redskins, you got a lot of other cookie matchups coming up here after the Patriots. It is clear sailing basically for this team, and they beat the Cowboys, which wasn't supposed to be one. So, you should be all ready to go with Sam Darnold, I think. And this even goes to your point, too, of, of some of this, these quarterbacks on the fringe. Why not start Sam Darnold on the, some, over some of these low-end QB1s? I agree. Right? I have like, I've liked him from the beginning of the season. I had him in a lot of leagues. It just it came, it came down to a point where I, I just couldn't wait, and I had to have a backup quarterback. But, yeah, I look, I like this guy. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a back-end QB one for the rest of the season. And I think he could be better than that. I, I just, I like him a lot. I, and, um, you know, they graded out their, their offensive line, the worst in football last year. And it's grading out close to that again this year. That would be my only concern. But beyond that, I, I, I absolutely think so. And I was well, part of grading an offensive line is how, how quickly a quarterback can make the right decision. So in all fairness, if they're grading them out on Luke Falk over the last four weeks, that's not necessarily fair. Yeah, either. That's 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 point. That's a good. So point. I don't want to hang it all look, look, on the offensive line. He's but you're been right. off part of it. Uh, Darnold's been off. And in a few weeks, it's fantasy football death week. I've never seen this before, but week 10 Flacco. Watson Minshew Brady Wentz and whoever's starting for the Redskins are all off. I mean, think about that. That's a yeah. lot. Week 10. So yeah, week 10 is a big buy. If you're not starting to prepare for that now, get ready because <laughs> winter is coming. Yeah. Six basically. teams off on the on the uh, on the week 10 scenario. Wow. Yeah. Uh um, Preston Williams, another guy, I think a uh, wide receiver uh on the Miami Dolphins, just 57% owned. I don't care who's playing quarterback, uh, and I know the upside isn't there, but for, for big games, but I think in terms of full point PPR, this is a guy that it, it should be owned at least to see what happens. Because I do think the Dolphins will play a little bit better as the season goes on. Auden Tate is also shockingly just 54% owned in Fantrax leagues, which I thought was a shocking number still at this point. And coming off a good game, coming off a ton of targets, kind of what we talked about with DeAndre Hopkins is the same thing that's happening now with um, 
Tyler Boyd, which is everybody realized, okay, you stop Tyler Boyd, you stop this offense. And that's kind of frustrating for Tyler Boyd owners. But at the same time, it's an opportunity for Auden Tate. And Craig, I don't know if and when AJ Green is going to make an impact on this year. I really don't. So yeah, I'm not sure. If I'm AJ Green, I don't even come back. Yeah. Well, that's I, what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he doesn't come back or they trade. I, him I the think he probably has happened. to come back to play a little bit at the end of the year, maybe to just show that he's healthy. But there's no chance if I'm him, I'm coming back the next few weeks. None. All right. Just now, these guys are under 50 percent owned, and I know we're up against the break, so I'll hammer through them. Look, tight end right. is getting weaker and weaker every week. So Kyle Rudolph is just 49 percent owned. If Cousins is throwing the ball a little bit with confidence. I think it's safe to get back in the Kyle Rudolph because you might have no choice at tight end. And Ricky Seals Jones is a 16% owned. I what know he doesn't Irv play Smith? a lot of snaps. Did, did Irv, has Irv Smith played at all for Minnesota? This um, not uh, not in terms no. of catching the football. No, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Some people I have to look at the him. snap count, but I didn't see him out there much on the okay. against the well, Eagles. Well, it turns out rookie, he'll be good next year. And uh, Benny Snell, 30% owned. And yeah. uh, again, just, just from a volume standpoint, and however, Connor Kenner cannot stay healthy, especially with Samuels out for a while. And last is Hunter Renfro at 22%. I'm curious to see if they work him in more coming off that bye this week. So keep an eye on that. All right. We got to take a quick time out on fantasy sports today, but don't go away. We'll be right back. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros. With the DailyRoto.com optimizer and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more, save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK, D-U-N-K. Visit DailyRoto.com DUNK to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash DUNK. DailyRoto.com is where millionaires are made. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe with you here till 2 full-time fantasy takes over at that point. We'll have a preview of the baseball games coming up a little bit later. So I'm looking forward to doing that. But Joe, it's uh look, it's it's been a have not type of year, I think, in the NFL. That's probably the best way to say it. There's been a lot of teams that seem to be disappointing and seem to be struggling a little bit. And there's no question that some of these teams are just going to completely go in the tank. And then I think some others will probably end up shining. But the question is who? So in terms of some of these back end 500 teams for the rest of the season, who is it that you think is near the bottom? And then we can kind of take it from there. Yeah, I thought this would be a fun exercise. And, I, you know, let's let's take a look. Because last year I did the same thing on the Black Book podcast. And the overwhelming discussion point was, uh, you know, I, and I kind of drove this in a lot of my shows last year, was start buying into the Colts. They're the best two and four team I've seen in a long time. 
go out there and let's go get some Colts. Let's see, because I think the Colts are going to make a run. And they did. The Colts made a huge run last year. And I'm still on that Colt bandwagon coming into this year. I haven't gotten off of it yet because I just think Frank Reich is a hell of a coach. And I think it's important to realize it is a still a relatively fair amount of season left, more than half of the season left. And that there's opportunity here with some of these teams that have gotten off to bad starts to rebound from that and play better football. And that means better fantasy football, too. Uh, I would definitely put the Redskins and Dolphins at the bottom of this list. So there's 15 teams that are under 500. So half the teams, a little less than half the teams uh, on the, in the NFL are under 500 right now. And um, to me, it's the Dolphins at the bottom, the Redskins above them. You would agree with that, right? Yeah, and, and that's that's as low as it gets. And I think that uh, Cincinnati's right there, too. Yeah, Cincinnati's probably right there, but in terms of like they do have a quarterback, they do have a running back, they do have a wide receiver. So I look at them and I put just the fact that they have those three positions of of I think capable. Now they haven't played well all the time, but capable, I think that elevates them into their own tier. The Bengals are bad, but I don't think they're Dolphins and Redskins. Uh, bad, you right? know what? I, I don't agree with that. And I'll, okay. and I'll explain. I, I would I would have agreed with that to this point, and they've played as well. As as you could expect, and you've illustrated that with the players that they have, I am worried that they're going to look in the mirror now and go, oh, gosh, like we really need to trade everyone and we need to start falling apart to get a high pick. So that would be my concern with them moving forward to this point of the season. You're right. They would be ahead of them, but I could easily see them all the way at the bottom by the end of the year. Like if they yeah. trade Mixon or trade Green or trade one of these guys, well, that'll start to affect morale. And I'm what sure. happens if they if they just decide, hey, you know what? We're going to tank. Let's not play Dalton anymore. Could happen. It's possible. It's not impossible, but I mean, at this point, I think you you play Dalton out the rest of the year, and you Why? just kind of I don't know because you can. I, mean, I don't know. Not. They may look. Did the Dolphins have to throw that crazy pass behind the line of scrimmage that Kenyon Drake <laughs> would never practiced it? Look, <laughs> Cincinnati may be looking at this, and they may want to also. And they may say we play Miami and we yeah, but 12. when you look at the lines every week, you don't see like the twenty two whenever the the Bengals go into town. You know what I mean? There's not, not twenty two no, or seventeen you, points. You haven't, Joe, yet. You haven't okay. yet. So let's, but to this but they've point, been competitive in some of these games. They haven't listen, won, but they've been if competitive. We're, if we're ranking them to this point, they're ahead of those two. If if we're ranking them for the rest of the season, I am putting them right there. I could see a scenario where that ownership goes, we're 0 and 5, we're going nowhere. Let's just tear this thing all the way down to the bottom and make sure we secure the first or second pick in the draft. Yeah, I think that's very possible for them. All right. So who's your number one? Who's your best of the worst so far? Uh, I would say Jacksonville. Okay. Because they, they seem to be in every game. And if last night's game didn't prove something to you, it is a bouncer too in every NFL game when a team is playing this well. So uh, Jacksonville could have beaten Carolina in my mind. They could have beaten the Saints last week for sure too. They're not a great team, but they're in every game. So they're going to be 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Uh, do you think at this point that uh, you get uh, I mean do you feel better about Gardner Minshew the rest of the season or, or Nick Foles coming in and how that dynamic no, I think Minshew up? will continue to play and I think he'll play well I think this was a really tough matchup for him last week so All I'm, right. I'm, I, I think we took a hit as far as what we want to happen but I think it'll start to pick up from here I I tend to agree with you based on Fournette's play too the Lions are you know because of the tie they have a weird one but if if the Lions didn't have the tie I would put the Lions number one for me, just the way they play, Stafford looks very comfortable. And it's the first time I feel like Stafford's had a really decent balance around him where he's got he's got two wide receivers he feels good about. He's got a running back he feels good about. He's got a tight end with some, you know, some playmaking ability. God, he dropped a touchdown he shouldn't have in that game, too. That was another big moment in that game last night. But um, I, I think overall, the defense has played well. The effort level's been there. They've changed. You could tell just from the 
the demeanor on the field of this team, they just don't seem like they're ever out of a game. And I think that's a huge factor. Uh, so for you, number two is the Lions. So basically, we would flip-flop back and forth. We're oh, yeah, no, I, I could easily put the Lions one. There's no doubt that they've played very well. A tie could have been a win. Yesterday could have been a win. They are they are up there for me, for sure. All right, now we both agree on the next two, which is the Chargers rank three. And that's what, based off personnel for you? Yeah, I, I, look, the, again, eight and eight team Chargers. Below what everybody thought. But above where they've been the last few weeks, and and I feel the same way about the Browns. Above above um, where they played, they have the talent, but they're going to be worse than everybody thought. Best way to describe it: Chargers and Browns are going to go under their Vegas number for win totals at the end of the season, uh, but they're going to be better than what people are saying about them right now. There's just too much talent on those teams. Uh, I would agree. Yeah, Char- I, I Chargers in particular. Chargers in particular are going to have a game this year. I guarantee it now. Just circle it, and we'll check back at the end of the year. They're going to be a 10-point underdog to some good team, and they're going to win. They're going to be a 5-point underdog to some team, and they're going to win. This is what they do. They're just horrible when you want them to win. They just don't win games they're supposed to. They're, uh, but there's too many injuries for them to be better than that, 8-8, eight and eight, I think, or 9-7. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay, after that, I've got the Cardinals. I, I feel like they are coming on strong. I think that there is a chance that that they win more games than they were supposed to. And I mean, by wins, I mean six or seven, something like that. Well, that would be a, a huge improvement on last year, don't you think? Six, even six games. They've been, they've been in every game, more or less. Yeah, well, look, they've, they've played some cookie opponents lately, too, which has been a positive for them. There's no doubt about it. When you play the Falcons and, and the Bengals, and, and look, they earn the schedule they're playing this year. But yeah, I can understand that. I'm going to put the Jets there. Uh, in my ranking, I actually have the Jets here at number five overall, and it's with Darnold back because you have a, a true stud in Le'Veon Bell. And if they can really get him going and Sam Darnold can continue to be a capable quarterback, Jamal Adams, I think, is a force to be reckoned with. He's one of my favorite players to watch. And if he can stay healthy and Mosley can be healthy, healthy, I think this is a team that is going to be very frustrating in the second half. Maybe they dug themselves a hole with the Darnold injury they can't get out of for the playoffs. But I think they're a team you don't want to play in the second half. Uh, number six, who do you have ranked number six overall? Yeah, the Steelers, I think, are are going to be sniffing around 500 at the end of the year. Yeah, I kind of agree. I feel like this might be Mike Tomlin's uh, swan song, but it, what a great way to go out. Like, if he gets this team to even eight and eight, that would be spectacular. Don't like you think? The, I, yeah, they'll probably fall a little short of that, but I feel like that's the direction that they're headed. You know, without Le'Veon Bell, without Antonio Brown, without Ben it's Roethlisberger. True. It is true. They, if they he can be, even get seven to 15, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> he's true. coach of the year if they get eight and eight. <laughs> he's coach of the year yeah, if they can get them more five less. Yeah, no, yeah look, he has. Look, so good they're not in any scenario. Uh, and then, look, we all like you like Pittsburgh and I like Pittsburgh Sunday night. But the scenario pointed to them covering, not destroying them like they did. Like, that was more that. of an indictment on the Chargers and their lack of home field advantage and the lack of killer instinct. They just don't. They're not a killer team. They're not a team that goes out there and punches you in the mouth. And then, you know, they, that's not their style. Um, the right. next the next for we have the swip switch here. So I had the Cardinals at. Yeah, seven, I, I, the Cardinals. It was, at five. It was, so I can't overreact to the Jets, although I, I think they'll be much better in the second half but i can't uh, off one game just just go all in on that so i need to see a little bit more yeah um, cardinals defense still kind of yeah yeah no you're me, worried about yeah. that. i i just really like you know murray has played fantastic he has and, and, he's starting, played, and is starting yeah. to become someone that i think may be a top five quarterback rest of the season in fantasy so it's I, possible I, I look at the quarterback position is, is so important now in the nfl would you rather have aaron Rodgers or kyler murray right now mm, i have not done a good job looking at the remaining schedule but i feel like i'd rather have murray just gut instinct. Yeah, I think I would rather have Murray too. Yeah, I feel like so. Uh, okay, the Bucks. I could. I wish I could put them last year, but you know they 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 still do have enough talent and they have the receivers. 
with the quarterback to yeah to you and i agree teams. on the rest of this list so you can go ahead and run through them if you want yeah the bucks for me are are just a slight notch ahead of these bottom feeder teams so i would give them because i think the bucks will surprise a couple teams they'll win their six games or seven games because look when you when you have evans and you have godwin like you could make the case that that one two punch is close to or as good as any team in the nfl so when you have that in a high-scoring 35-34 type game, the Bucs are going to have a chance to win those games. But uh, I, I thought going into the season, honestly, the whole Arians thing was just so overblown and and overrated, honestly. And they also had a very big mistake at the running back position, not really going after anybody else and just counting on these two dudes from last year. So I, I just, across the board, did not like Tampa. Uh, Denver's going to, they're after that for me. I would put Tennessee, honestly, above Denver the rest of the season. But how could I, in good conscience, do that when Denver just smashed Tennessee? I can't. You can't. No, it's not good. It's not good. Plus, I, I can't, but I do. One has the home field advantage, and the other doesn't. Yeah, but I do think Tennessee will, because they always shock people with these crazy wins. And Henry's going to have a 200-yard game at some point. We won't know how he does it, but he will. Uh, I don't like Denver. I don't like Tennessee at all. And I and I but but again, yeah, but Lindsay's played well. Sutton's played well. I think they're going to be in games. And, yeah, be, Bronco, I would put the Broncos above the Titans slightly, but they're not exciting at all. Uh, the Giants after that, for me, I think that I think the best of what we've seen from the Giants has, has happened. I think they may lose every game the rest of the year. Honestly, I think they're done. I think it's going to be a tough, tough go of it. Their defense is horrible. Uh, I, I guess maybe they play Washington, so they got a shot there. But I think the Giants are among the worst also. Uh, Falcons have clearly quit defensively. They got to be near the bottom, too. Their offense will keep them in games and maybe they'll get lucky here or there. But if last week is any indication, they don't have luck on their side either. So <laughs> if that's the case. They're going down and then Bengals Redskins. Stop. If you give the Falcons any other defense of not the, Kansas of City, teams of no, no, I'm just saying, no, 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 I wasn't finished. not Arizona of the, of the teams. Above, no, even Arizona. I think if you gave them Arizona, Almost any other defense on this list, I think they automatically become in the top three of the best of the sub 500 teams. And that's sad because they just, they like you said, they quit is the right word. They're just terrible. All right, we'll uh, take a quick timeout. We'll preview the baseball games tonight and then maybe a little movie discussion. Okay. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> and welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. Got afternoon baseball starting up here in a couple hours, Joe, as the Astros and Yankees get going in the Bronx for game three. And if there's ever a game that you could have in the middle of the afternoon anywhere in the country and get a sellout. It's going to be in the Bronx, no doubt about that. But they, uh, they're they up against it here a little bit. They did a good job winning that game one in Houston, but this is going to be one where I just don't give them a chance, Joe. They got Garrett Cole today on the mound for Houston. He's, uh, I believe his team is 17-1 and one in his last 18 starts. Is that all? Yeah, his ERA for the season two and a half. 
20 wins, 326 strikeouts in 200 innings. Severino pitched well toward the end of the season. Uh, it's very rare that I would side with such a huge favorite in baseball, but I, I just don't see the Yankees scoring at all against Cole. I give the Yankees now more of a chance in the series than I initially thought, but I just don't think this game is going to them. Today. This is like game seven for them, I feel like, right? Because if you win this game, if, I got to imagine the, the momentum. Is, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. This is a, to me, you're all in in this. You've got you've got you're at home, right? You got the crowd behind you. You got an early game. This is everything you want. Like, I feel like you are just all in on this game, no matter what you got to do. And you got Severino, like in theory, one of your better pitchers. Obviously, it's, it was a long season without Severino. So it's it's a tough sell. It's a tough sell to think that the Yankees can win this game. I agree with you. However, I think if you look at this, if you're the Yankees, you say, hey, we win this game right here, right now, with the energy in the ballpark, or just keeping it close, play defense, you know, try to put the ball in play. The, the thing that kills you against Cole, I think, is the strikeouts. Because his his ability to limit contact has been so staggering this year that it's it's almost like you don't even have a shot against him. And if they could just put the ball in play a little bit, yeah. you never know what happens in the playoffs. Good things happen, but it looks like <laughs> this, a, this is a the only sell. guy I won't go against in in any scenario. He's just been that good. He's he's yeah. been Hershiser good, like that that kind. That's of a good comparison to the run he's on. That's a really good one. Yeah, I remember I, that fifty nine scoreless innings, oh, whatever he has in eighty nine or eighty eight, rather not better. Yeah, yeah. Nah, it's, it's 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 just been too much. But but I, I I see it the other way. I see this with the Yankees as like you lose today, you don't feel so bad about it, and then you come back. I think they could beat uh, Grenke. I think they could. I think that they're going to do a bullpen. It looks like both teams. Oh, they definitely can. But if you win this game, I think this puts the Astros on tilt a little bit because the Astros got pushed to the limit with the Rays. You know, and I think when you put if you beat Cole here, there it's another like just but the Rays of, never ugh, beat Cole. Moment. That was the key. Like this is the same scenario right. playing out here too. So, uh, Cardinals and Nationals. I give the Cardinals a chance tonight. It's a little bit different. It's no Strasburg. It's no Scherzer. And look, I like Corbin just as much as the next guy, but I think that he's beatable. They have some right-handed hitters there. I think the series is over. I, I don't think that the Cardinals are going to end up winning four games in a row. And usually you'd be right by siding with the team that's usually up three nothing. They usually go on the sweep and 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 look, it's been a fantastic atmosphere for the Nationals there. They certainly could sweep tonight and win. But I am going to take the Cardinals today. I, I think the Cardinals win this one and then it's over. Uh I know they have to be deflated with Flaherty losing yesterday. That's that's that ended the series. Well, that was but, their moment. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think they they can get up for this. I, I could see them winning today. It's plus 160. You could get plus 150 on that. And the total is eight. It means some runs are projected to score in this one. Dakota Hudson's been pretty good. I, I, I think St. Louis probably wins one game this series. Maybe this is it. Um, I'm going to go sweep. sweep. Over. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go sweep. I think that the energy right now that the Nationals have in that ballpark with that team, this belief that no matter what, I feel like they've hit that pattern where no matter what the situation is, they believe they're going to win the game. And that is always a very dangerous mentality for a baseball team to be playing against. And I feel like they've, they've run into it with the first game with the, when the long game playoff, they ran into it with the Dodgers. And every time they're down, if they are down in this game at all, they believe like they are in this game. And that is a very dangerous thing. Whereas you see other teams too, when they, when they have trouble coming back, you see the defeat in them. The nationals don't have any of that. I think they take care of business tonight, and I think Washington is going to be incredibly rowdy. And that's going to that's going to be great because no matter what happens here, when you I mean, yeah, it's Cardinals, Yankees would be good, Cardinals, Astros, but to get the Nats in there, 
And some of these pitchers, when you get Strasburg in a World Series and Scherzer yeah, in a World Scherzer, Series again, that yeah. would be great stuff, man. I'd love to see that. Having the Nationals in there, regardless of who the AL team is, it's going to end up being. Even if the Cardinals would have made it, it would have been fine. You, you got four teams in the Final Four that are very watchable. And uh, and I you yeah, know, look, I, I'll, you did I'll not be, get any clunkers. I agree no, with that. No, look, having Oakland in there or Minnesota or Tampa uh, National League, who would it have been? Um, Milwaukee, I don't know that Milwaukee would have moved the needle all that much. But yeah, no, I the, the story for the Nationals is great. And um, and they've really support the fan base has really been supportive. So, uh, OK, so uh, look, we, we've been talking a lot. We talked yesterday about El Camino. We talked about Netflix yesterday. And uh, fall movie season is here. I didn't realize there was a fall uh, that fall was a movie season. I, I kind of thought Joe was always summer was. Oh, uh, well, that's the blockbuster. But this is cinema season. This is when okay. all the award movies start to come out in the fall. And this is when you start to, you know, look ahead and say these are the ones that are going to be up for. Well, please tell me, because this is got to look again when and look, you were married. Obviously, you have kids. You go to see a lot of uh, kids movies. And honestly, Joe, I don't get to see. <laughs> nearly the amount of movies that I used to because of, of that fact and Little League. I can tell you the movies that I've seen in the last, uh, the whole year, 2019. Right, you saw Toy Story 4 this summer. Well, right? I, oh, I'm saying non-kids movies. Okay. In the theater. I saw, I think, two movies. That's it. The whole year. Well, I'm getting to the point now with my kids because we did the Marvel Universe this summer at home. We watched all the whole Marvel Universe. We're save like, I think, Iron Man 2 and 3 we didn't watch. Um, but they are super into that. And now that there's other Marvel movies coming out, it'll be fun to be able to take them to those because they'll be excited because they know all the characters and all that. So, you know, it starts from within. You got to build the whole non-animated kind of stuff out yeah. a little bit. Uh, but even more to the point, I, I'm with you. I don't get out a lot either. I'm very lucky. I get the movie. I'm, I'm important. You're right? ready to put like, oh, look at me. I'm a fancy man. But I get the movie sent to me because I still get to vote. Oh, for the good. awards, oh, which is you. fun. So I get them all. Those so over. maybe what I'll do is I'll send you a care package. We'll we'll do like Please. an exchange system. It's like way Netflix used to be. Like well, you know, like you send them. A thing. <laughs> like I you love it. Rent them for I me. I love it. It'll be perfect. I saw. Uh, I, I saw can send you some from last year too, if you want. I saw Once Upon a Time in America, and and I saw Yesterday. Those are the two movies that I've seen this year. That's how it. was that Yesterday movie? Good. Very good. Was it wasn't gimmicky? Kind of gimmicky. It was, you know what it was? Yeah, it, was it was a mindless two hours getaway. Go oh, well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what it was. There's there's some, there's some the only two movies I've seen all year. I think I'm trying to think. Of, I I think I well, you know what I saw. I think about when did Mission Impossible come out? Oh uh, gosh, I'm not a Mission Impossible guy. So whatever I that I was, I saw that one too. I don't I know think that was this year. summer. I think it was this summer. I, I want to say so. so let's see if we can tempt you like, to say right, that go you're ahead. either going to watch them on TV when they come on TV or maybe even get you to the theater. So the first Joker, one's obviously the Joker, which is I want to see that. I want to see it. I want to see that, too. See, if you live closer, that would we be would like Joe and yeah. Craig going out like, hey, I'm going out with Joe tonight. We're going to go see the Joker. I'm going to see it. And we're mm -hmm. both home by 10 o'clock. OK, I will, so I will I'm going to see that one, too. All right. Um, Dolomite. Eddie Murphy's playing Dolomite, which I've seen the trailer for this. It looks kind of fun. Dolomite was kind of like a, yeah, a black exploitation yeah. kind of movie thing, but it seems kind of fun. Like, I, like I got to get a I got to get a review on that only to make sure it's not horrible before I go see it. My, fair. Fe my, my, fair. Fe my fear is it's been 10 years for Eddie Murphy since any movie. And mm -hmm. I, I just got to make sure that this is not one of those. Oh, my gosh, it's the worst movie of the year. And as long as I hear that, I'll go. But otherwise, I'm right. not if I because I got Gemini, Gemini man with Will Smith, where he's like a he's like a hired he's like a killer, you know, soldier. Very kind of guy, little and now chance. He's, Very little. He's chance. playing. A, he's he's fighting against a younger version of himself. So it's like yeah. Will Smith now versus Will Smith. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. No, better basically. things to do. No, mm -mm. better. Th 
<laughs> better I'll things to do. Some, I, I'm not. I'm just not. I, I, look, All right. This. I, if if I had okay. nothing to do, I would. But I always have something to do. So. All right. Uh, the new Harriet Tubman movie, which looks kind of action packed, which is oh. I don't know. Like, it's interesting. You know, it's, it's the the story of the Underground Railroad. Uh, yes. A lot of good people in this one, but this is seems like one of the important films. Is this one that you would be interested to see, like the story of that being told? Yeah, no, I think so. I think I'm in on this one. I want to see Harriet. Now, this one will get sent to me. I guarantee that. So if this comes to me and I like it, I'll send it to you if you don't get it to the movie theater. The Irishman, November 1st. Scorsese, De Niro, Pesci, Pisa Pia, hey, all the Italians, whatever it is. And by the way, I talked to my buddy Craig who was in the movie. He had lines in the movie. They cut it, but he he does get to whack somebody in the movie. So that's that's exciting, right? You yeah. get to whack somebody in the Scorsese movie as an Italian. I think you could say that you had a good acting career, right? Yeah, for sure. No, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these these are interesting movies because you like them. So it, it's going to pique my interest a little bit. Maybe check them out. All right. We got Edward Norton writing a movie here. Motherless Brooklyn. Uh, he wrote and directed this. It's based off an actual novel where people still read books. And he's like a obsessive, compulsive, uh, undercover detective kind of guy. But he's got the um, so I don't know if it's, it's Tourette syndrome or something kind of thing like that also built in there. So it looks interesting. I'm curious. Are you intrigued by this? You're an Ed Norton guy or what? Yes, I like Ed Norton. Uh, I think everything that he does has been pretty solid, and he doesn't do a lot of movies. If I'm not mistaken, am I wrong with that by no. saying that? Lately? He's if- very picky now. He's like he does his own project. I think he's made enough money where basically he kind of picks and chooses, or he does his own projects. That's where you're at here. So uh, there's one coming out that I really am interested in because Michael Shannon's in it, who's terrific, and Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Holland, who I think is also a very good young actor. It's called The Current War. It's not on this list, but it's coming out soon. Have you seen The Coming Attraction for this one yet? I haven't. Tell me about it. Okay. It's about basically uh, Edison is Cumberbatch and Westinghouse is played by Michael Shannon. And it's about basically these two people competing to be the energy energy providers for, you know, ostensibly the world, I guess you could say. But coming at it from two different places and basically it's kind of like, you know, the Coke and Pepsi, but of energy coming at the same time and the fight between them and the regulation, all the things that went on at that time. Just a story that I don't know anything about, but it sounds really fascinating to me. So I'm interested when you put good actors in it. How do you feel about that? Interested? Yeah, history yeah, guy? Uh, may, may, maybe so. Maybe so. I um, I don't know, man. Like, you know, you, you're giving me so many really good options and I. The problem is, Joe, I want to say that I want to go see all these things, but I know realistically I'm not going. Well, yeah, again, it's not, not that you like you could say, uh, you know what, if that's on DV, uh, it's on when it comes on HBO or whatever it is, you'll watch it. I think that's fair. Like just things that you're interested in. And of course, Frozen 2, we can't forget that. Um, I'm going to get to avoid this one, it seems like, because it seems like their mom's going to take them to see that. And my kids, I think, are kind of over Frozen. I think they're going to go see it just because. But I lost a good year and a half of my life to Frozen when my daughters were little. And that's why I deserve all the WWE and all the Marvel Universe and everything that we've gotten in the last couple of years together. So I'm very happy about that. But will you get dragged to Frozen 2 or your daughter's too old now? I'm, I'm curious. I don't know the answer to that. I'm aware of it coming out. And when I'm shopping in the afternoon, usually before I pick up my kids, I'll go get them, uh, you know, some cold water or a snack. Like I'll go into the local Walmart or Target and I've seen a lot of these toys. So I'm aware <laughs> that this is coming out soon. Uh, I'm going to say that my daughter will want to see it. That's a guess that she will want to see it. I don't know that that will require me. It could be my wife, but I, or it could be the four of us. It could be my wife, my daughter, maybe my son gets dragged to that. He's not going to want to see it, but 
No, uh, well, I don't, I don't know. You know. I got a last year on that one. You know, I think you would enjoy it. You wouldn't. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, one of the best picture nominees last year was Black Klansman, the Spike Lee movie. That was really good. I did not see that either, man. That's a really good Adam Driver's in it. Fascinating story. Basically, this guy, black undercover cop who basically infiltrated the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. Using no, I, Adam I'm aware Driver's it, yeah. in the face. Yeah. Oh, and it fantastic for a lot movie. of awards and everything. Yeah. No, like I. I, I wish I had time for all these things. Is there one more real quick? I know we got a break here. Any any other ones? Uh, no, I, th- I think that's it right okay. now. And maybe we'll do this around the holidays. But that was like right up until Thanksgiving. So these are gotcha. this is like okay. fall movie season. Then we get into that next year around the holiday movie season. Maybe we'll do it again then in December. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Our next plan is Exit Velocity. That's coming up next on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't forget, if you listen to the show live on the FNTSY app or over on iHeartRadio, that's cool, but you can also listen to our show on demand on iTunes, Stitcher, Android, wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show. Give us five stars if you wouldn't mind, and make sure you please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. So this way you get the show populated and sent to you immediately after the show. Our great producer, Sean, will send those over to you as well as all of his opinions on Jameis Winston. We'll take a quick time out and be back with Exit Velocity right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back. Craig Mish with you here on Fantasy Sports Today. And along with Joe Pizzapia, we always end the show with one topic. And in this case, it's about our personal finances. Go figure this one as we end the show with a little exit velocity. I feel the need. The need for speed. Exit Velocity. Nice Velocity. And we end the show today with one of those things that you have to do. And this is one of those scenarios that has just popped up for me during the show. My buddy Andy Slater reports that Billy Joel is coming to South Florida and playing at the new Hard Rock Guitar Hotel on January the 10th. And when I see these things, I I get excited because I know that it'll be a good night out and I know it will be fun. But I also know that this is going to take a big stab at my wallet come uh, this Friday when tickets are going on sale because my wife is arguably the biggest Billy Joel fan that there is. She has seen him probably 40 or 50 times, which means I have seen him probably 10 or 20 of those times because I've been dragged into a lot of these here in South Florida. My question becomes... Is that how many times is too many times to go see somebody in concert playing the same songs over and over again? And by the way, Billy Joel is one of the greatest artists of all time. But in this particular scenario, I know he has two young kids. I think I'm putting one of those kids through college based on the amount of money that I have spent on these tickets. So hope the show is good on January the 10th. In all likelihood, I will be there and I'll have to work. Yes, another month or two here on Fantasy Sports Today to pay for those tickets. 
Thanks again for those of you who listened to the show today. Thanks again to our producer, Sean Guastamacchia. For Joe Pizapia, I'm Craig Mish. Full-time fantasy is next with Adam Ronis and Dr. Roto coming up at 2 o'clock. Joe and I will be back tomorrow at noon Eastern right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. See ya.